Hey, Lindsay. How you feeling? I'm feeling good today. You know, just yeah. a, a little tired, but I think I'm tired every day. But, you know, I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? Okay. I'm feeling tired, too. I feel like, you know, that's just what it is. Yes. Yep. Um, but I, I try not to own it too much. Yeah. Being tired. Um, so what are we going to talk about on necessity today? Because there's a lot to to grapple with here. There's a lot going on. And I think one way to bucket like all the different stuff that's happening is just focus on difficult conversations, like having difficult conversations with people at work, your friends, your loved ones, family members, what whatever the relationship is, how do we best have difficult conversations? And then also, you know, like what makes a conversation difficult? Like I have, I have a, I have a story. So I have a friend named T and she and I were catching up and she wanted my advice on something that she um, had been thinking about for a while and didn't know um, how to approach it. Uh, she said uh, she has this really close friendship with a former coworker. We'll call her D. And you know, um, they were f- most of their friendship revolved around um, their kids because they were pregnant at the same time. So they were kind of experiencing that life-changing event together, and that's what brought them closer. And so a lot of their conversations are about the kids and parenting and Mm -hmm. how their partners are doing. And she happened, she was on Facebook one day, and she saw Dee post a picture of her daughter or son, I can't remember, in a MAGA onesie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're both Latinas, So she was kind of confused as to how this person that she thinks is a close friend would be supportive of Trump and anything that he's doing. Um, So some people in, you know, on Facebook, they were questioning D like, hey D, what's up with this? Like, how could you? And she kind of was doubling down on her support of Trump. And, you know, my homegirl T, she's just like, look, Marguerite, I don't know what to do with this. Like I'm non-confrontational, but this is not sitting well with me. I'm thinking about it often. I just, I don't know what to do. And, you know, I had some other mutual friends that saw the post and they were like, oh, um, we should all get on a Zoom call with her and just hash this out. And, and she was like, mm, I don't know what to do, but I know that's not the appropriate way to handle it. Um, So she was asking for my advice and I said, okay, well, clearly I think you have answered your question about, do you say anything at all? And I think that answer, your answer is yes, because you're thinking about it constantly, number one. Two, you're asking people like for advice on how you should go about this. So I think it's clear you want to have some type of exchange with your fr- your friend D. And she's like, yeah. Um, she's like, yeah, but you know, what do I say? Like, what do I say? And I'm like, listen, I think what, what 
you're grappling with and like correct me if i'm wrong is you don't understand how she could be a trump supporter like that's the thing that's not clear to you so perhaps you just come from a place of curiosity and to understand you know how she came to support trump or what ideals or initiatives of his that she supports right and just come from you know and it's like i know it sounds crazy but come from a place of curiosity because the one thing we do know in all of this in dealing with covid and dealing with all the social injustice injustice and the racism and all of this that a lot of people form opinions off of misinformation or just a lack of information so perhaps you know this conversation will highlight that for you that hmm you know she doesn't have the broader picture and you know she's not informed and perhaps this could be an opportunity for her to become informed if she's willing right like at the end of the day that's you can kind of make it that black and white although there's like tons of nuance involved but if we're just looking at this from a high level perhaps that's that's an approach you'll take and she's like okay you know I'll sleep on it and I'll um you know she's going to talk to her partner about it and um figure out like what to do um and I haven't really checked in with her since we had this conversation so I have no idea what, what she decided to do right mm-hmm. and so now like after after talking to her I was just thinking a lot about well how do people how are people coming to these decisions with a do you say anything b what to say and c how to say it mm-hmm. especially in these these times where just Tension everything is, is so polarized mm-hmm. yeah it's just like you say a and everybody's like well what about b it's just like hang on like every let's let's everybody chill out and and try to understand another person's perspective because i think sometimes that's what gets lost um in a lot of these conversations well i mean even when you're talking about difficult conversations i always wonder well, what makes a conversation difficult is it who i'm talking to is it what we're about to talk about is it the power that this person has over me that makes it difficult or sometimes i just don't even have the courage or i'm feeling insecure about just approaching the person or my skill set in having the conversation mm-hmm. sometimes even confidence can play a role in what determines a conversation to be difficult or not right an interview right. to be difficult right a difficult conversation for somebody if they don't feel confident yeah interviewing process you know mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think it's all of that i think those are all components to what makes a conversation difficult like as you were saying that like in terms of like the subject matter right like i think you know there was a point in time where like a uh, unwritten rule and perhaps a spoken rule was like oh you don't talk about politics or religion, religion like in the workplace or at the dinner table like that's just like a no no and so it's just like well 
if that was the case, then how, how do we, how do we interact with each other? How do we move forward if nobody's talking about this stuff? Right. Or if I can't talk about it in the places and where I feel the safest, right? Right. A dinner table, I'm assuming I'm going to feel safe with my parents, my mm-hmm. right? But you don't want to stir the pot within your own household, right? And so you don't have those conversations because it's said to be disrespectful, right? To right. have a conversation. And I believe that People have such strong views around religion and around politics. And I think we need now need to add in U.S. history. Right. And those three conversations are very difficult to have because people have this attachment to what they believe is the truth. Ding, ding, ding. But it's what is it, though? It's an emotional attachment and people are scared and fearful of having their ideas or their beliefs challenged. Well, my beliefs make me feel safe. My beliefs make me feel safe. It's my cushion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it even now with people who are protesting about like the gyms opening up or I'm not going to wear my mask. My belief makes me feel safe or even that there's this mastermind behind the coronavirus, mm-hmm. the conspiracy theories that makes people feel safe, you know? can feel safe behind what I think is the truth, but safe isn't always growth, right? And we right. know that for sure. And if we can't even grow at our dinner tables at home to have these difficult conversations, where else can we have them? And I think that's also where the challenge is. You have to have a, a, a skill set, you know, practice in having difficult conversations. You don't just pop up one day like, I'm about to have this hard conversation. Right. There's things right. to consider when you do it. And, and, you know, and the thing about the tricky thing about beliefs, yes, they make us feel comfortable. They make us feel safe, but are they facts? No, no, no. I mean, think about the truth and what's true. True. Right. Which is always my favorite. It's always my favorite because I can bring that into religion in the Bible and I won't go into too much here. Right. Yeah. Um, but what none of us were there and the people who were telling me these stories, they were not there. So how do we know them to be true? We just choose Choose to believe we choose to believe in those things. So when we talk about even the belief, there's also this piece of, I believe that this difficult conversation will go well, right? Mm -hmm. Belief that it won't go well. And that energy is what we even bring to a difficult conversation. If you are nervous or uncertain or you feel like things will go awry, you're going to carry that energy with you. So I know for me, when I'm thinking about a difficult conversation I'm about to have, I really have to check my energy. Where am I on this? Why do I want to have this conversation? What's my intention on it? Right. Yeah. I think, I think the, you know, energy is important just as is intention. Like you just mentioned, like, are you trying to, you know, there's always the gotcha component Mm -hmm. is like, I, you know what, Lindsay, I'm about to tell you about yourself because Mm -hmm. blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. And, or is it an opportunity to learn learn about someone or learn from someone, right? Like, you know, there's an opportunity for my homegirl T to learn more of D's story. Cause we talk about all the time that everybody has a story. They have experiences 
and interactions that shape the way they view the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though, you know, she's appalled that her homegirl can be a Trump supporter because that doesn't align with her set of beliefs, there's an opportunity to learn a little bit more, more about who the person D is. Yeah. As I get older, though, I'm really checking my motives behind my difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, what, right, as we share, like, intention, what am I trying to accomplish here? Do I already have an expected outcome? And I'm going to ask questions or, you know, lead this conversation yep. in that way because I need this particular outcome. Um, but there's also beliefs and assumptions about people. And then we get surprised when that's not true. So let's say, for example, your friend T made an assumption about her homegirl D, that because she's a Latinx like herself, that she has some of the same beliefs because we've talked about X, Y, and Z. We have these this connection. So there's no way that you would support somebody that doesn't support us. Mm-hmm. But that's because we make an assumption about the group of people that we are with and who they are and what their views and what their beliefs are. And so we actually sit down. I bet you T never had a conversation with D about politics. Yeah, no, they, they did it. And that's, and that was part of the problem, right? Like in terms of their, their interactions were very limited. specific, li- very right. limited to a particular topic, to- topic or subject matter. I try to merge them together. I love that. Subject. I like that. (laughs) New word. You heard it first on necessity. (laughs) (laughs) Subject. Now I'm just going to say that. I'm going to text that to you randomly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, but I I think it, I think it's, it's just highlighting where we could benefit from talking about these things more and then the other thing in terms of like intention like all right well at what point you know there's another there's a couple of other components right it's like okay well if this person is not saying the things that that uh agree with you or that you agree with then what you want to hear what that sounds like and then but then yeah and then and then what but then what? Like, so if this, if D is just like, yeah, I, I rock yeah, with like Trump. I, I rock Trump with Trump. Homeboy. Yeah, you know, he's done X, Y, and Z. And if she, you know, lays it out like that, and she's just like, this is who I'm rocking with. This is who I'm voting for in November. What does that mean for that relationship? Oh, and does it mean, you know, should we only be friends or interact with people that think the same things we do? No. Because that creates an echo chamber, right? And every, we're just right. yesing each other. Yeah, that, and that's no way, again, no way to grow, no way to learn anything new. Um, I would hate that, right? <laughs> um, because new perspectives are where the excitement is. That's where the adventure is. That's where, you know, you get to the, the challenge of thinking about things differently. Um, I mean, because then what do you do? What I, do you do? Can you, you do? maintain the relationship with I think opposing views and then you just take that subject matter off the table or I don't know I think it depends now I think here comes the piece about relationship 
Mm-hmm. Because what is the relationship now? We work together. We're both moms, but you know, you're not the godmother of my child or anything. Um, and then I also think about what's the relationship that I have with the subject matter. Like, how important is it to me? Mm-hmm. I keep myself with people who are against Trump or who are opposed Trump, right? Um, that that's a key piece. Because do you then have this halfway relationship, as you mentioned, where we only talk about specific things? But that's how the relationship a quarter is to the jar, because you right. brought up politics. It's like right. a person jar, but it's like a conversation jar. Like, stay away from that. But in this example, that's already the extent of their relationship. It, it never included politics. So, even so then if- we shouldn't be talking about it then why are we talking about it now? Because I think that that's also the piece. We are so opinionated. Mm-hmm. Like it's our power to share our opinion about how other people are living their lives. If you and I are only talking at work or sending random texts and Pinterest items to each other, who you vote for or your child wearing a MAGA onesie, it's not gonna make or break my day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's valid. I I think that share that. Why do I have to say to you? So what do you say? Hey, D, I was on Facebook and I saw your baby wearing a onesie that said "Make America Great Again." You're Latin X. What's up with that? Right, but already like yeah, and and it's and it's hard not for it to sound like confrontational. Like it's going to be like put yourself on the receiving end of that. I mean, I can make it sound non-confrontational, you know, and no nice and sweet. But at the end of the day, it's me asking you, me showing you that how you live your life or your business is, I don't like it because it's really not affecting her life. You can unfollow and that and not have that and not disrupt your mind because you saw something. Right. But I think she's my my homegirl T is saying like this is this is like somebody she's close to and she's yeah, not that close. You don't if you know. don't know her politics. You're not that close, then you are under an illusion, illusion of, of the closeness with that person. No, yeah. I, that's that's fair. That's very fair. That's very fair. Because we're if, close, we're talking about it because if it matters to me, we're talking about it. About it. it. Right. It's coming. Pull up. you up. Be it's like, yo, up. D, can you believe Trump? Look, guess right. what he says. Exactly. Or whatever. Somehow, some way, we're close. Mm-hmm. It's going to come up. It's going to come up. So sometimes we have illusions even of the relationships or we have, again, this belief of what the relationship is supposed to be, what it looks like, who this person is. And because we're these things, we're supposed to agree. We do that also in the Black community. Yep. You can be, I can be a Republican. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what? A Black Republican. Republican. Ah, blasphemous. <laughs> exactly. Um, right? Or yeah. you eat fried chicken. I mean, What's wrong with you? Certain things that it's just like, why, 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 why? And I know it's huge because we're talking about our future. When we talk about the views of Trump, we're talking about uh, our present, right? And how mm-hmm. it has now the resources, the laws, um, the uh, the civil unrest that we're going through right now. Um, but it's not because a baby is wearing a MAGA onesie. Yeah. Yeah. And then what am I saying to my friend about her freedom of choice and her freedom of expression and speech? 
Right. But it goes back to, you know, it's, it's just finding like a middle ground because I, I think I mentioned this before. It's like a lot of, a lot of people's opinions or decisions or are, are short-sighted. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and it's like, and I'm going to say this and like kind of negate it in the next breath, but it's like, <laughs> all right, if you have an opportunity to educate someone or show them a different perspective, then perhaps you should take that. And I say that, but at the same time, no, I feel like not as, our a, responsibility yeah, as a black person, mm-hmm. right. It's not my responsibility to educate all non-black people on us history and but then and et cetera, so if, et cetera. If I saw this baby wearing a onesie and it says make America great again, is that my opportunity or am I making it my opportunity? Cause am I then making it my opportunity to teach this person something because you showed me something that I didn't like, you must have been misinformed because it's you could be Latin X and be a Trump supporter. Why, why, why would you put that on your baby? You're not. Right. You're, right. You're, and I think not be informed. I, I think to some degree, like some people were question had commented on her picture in terms of like, Hey D what's up with this? Like, where are you coming from? And I right. see now that I feel like it's a good question. Like, yeah. ask, because it could be a joke. It could have right. been a dare. It could have been whatever. I would have sent a message on, in her inbox or give her a call. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with the, her responses were that she was like doubling down on being supportive. So that's why I think that's why my, my homegirl T was like just a little bit concerned because she's, you know, she had the picture and then she's, you know, publicly further stating her support for the Trump administration. Right. right. So she, you know, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of rough too when you're I, also a parent, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's a baby, so it's wearing a onesie, right? So babies aren't really affecting each other in that oh, way. No. But I think if we're dealing with like even older children, I maybe would come from a perspective that says, you know, it's come to my attention that, you know, you're a Trump supporter. And it surprises me that we never even talked about, talked about this. But what I know is that I'm in a space where I really can't have people around me who really support someone who is really bringing my people down, putting children in cages, cages all of that stuff. Of that nature. It just doesn't sit well with me. So though I, I, and I can respect where you're coming from, but what I respect more is myself and just my own sanity. And I'm not able to do that in this relationship. And when I'm ready, maybe I come back around and maybe you're still down to be my friend. Right. Oh, um, but it's also what we can, what we can handle or what we want to allow ourselves to be exposed to. Cause if my friend is a Trump supporter and we're grown, mm-hmm. can't be friends. Mm-hmm. Comments that you will say will make me upset. They will make me feel uncomfortable. And I don't know if I would be in a space where you and I can talk about that discomfort in a very nice way. Right. Also a piece about difficult conversations is respect. Like I never want to lose my respect for myself or another person Mm -hmm. in a difficult conversation because the energy is high and I didn't set my intention, right? Um, Because man... Difficult conversations can lead you down. Right. You don't want it to become some type of screaming match and or people calling each other names and any of that. None of that is productive. Um, easy to escalate nowadays. E- you know? Very really easy, easy, very easy to escalate. So, you know, having 
going into a difficult conversation with understanding what your boundaries are for yourself and how you treat the other person that's participating in the conversation with you, I think is important um, to assess like before, before you even say anything to anyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, hmm. I recently had a difficult conversation with a one um, mm-hmm. and this person and I already have a tense relationship. You know, I still can't put my finger on it per se, okay. um, but my energy definitely shifts when I'm around this individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think over time that person started to pick up on that shift and they had the courage to give me a call and ask me if I like them, you know, like, do you even care about me? And it was very uncomfortable to have the conversation because I wondered, dad, what have I done to this person who I love, you know, that would make them think that I don't like them. But having this really difficult conversation allowed me to become more aware of my behaviors and my actions, how it was impacting this person, Mm -hmm. how I truly felt. I was making myself believe that I felt one way about the relationship, but my behaviors were showing how I really felt. You know, I think I had like an illusion in my mind, like things are cool, we're good. No, everything is fine. But I give them the cold shoulder, leave the room. Mm -hmm you know very uh dismissive in conversation those are the behaviors that actually show the core of what i truly you know felt but that difficult conversation because i wasn't the one who initiated the difficult conversation but i was on the receiving end and it was difficult because i had to maintain again respect for myself and that person when we disagreed with perspectives on how things happen mm-hmm. um But then also at the end saying, what do we want this relationship to look like after this difficult conversation? And we knew that the foundation that we had was love. um, And that was the strongest ground in a sense to stand on. Um, And so with difficult conversations, I feel like love just is something that we can always lean on. Even if it's like, you don't love that person in a way, like I love you because I know you or you've Mm -hmm. been love you because you're a person because you're a human being i'm just choosing love yeah and i can say that under under that umbrella is of love is respect and curiosity and compassion so when we have a different view i just have compassion for your struggle or Mm -hmm. compassion of you you know, I got compassion for that baby wearing that one. He be right. mad at his mommy when he grows up and sees that he was in that. He's like, "What?" Um, and you put me on the internet, <laughs> right? He's gonna, yeah, it's gonna picture gonna exist for eternity. And I think exactly. about, and I think about that, right? Because even though that picture might exist in perpetuity, there's still an opportunity for. D to change her mind, right? To change her mind change about her mind about, about her support. Exactly, exactly. Like it doesn't mean that because she's a Trump supporter right now, as of today, doesn't mean she's going to be one on, forever. On, on forever or on election day, even as that's quickly approaching. So it's like, at what point? You know, where's the wiggle room? Vote for Trump. Who knows? She could be attention seeking. It could be a lot of other things. Right. A lot of other things, especially with, you know, 
all the the quarantine and us just being separated from one another like it's just creating like i don't i don't even know if like therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists are really going to even understand the how broad the impact that social distancing and all these other things is having on us and if it's creating um you know other ways of for people to cry out if you will like Mm -hmm. who knows like i think it's all possible um but i think it just at the end of the day it comes down to t wanting what she wants to do with the relationship really in terms of if she has a conversation or if she turns a blind eye and they keep talking about you know everything else and 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 baby stuff right well we ain't even talking about onesies because you should have told me you bought that onesie conversation about that when yeah. I was about Carter's and Ash, Ash, how come you didn't bring up this? Yeah. Be like, oh, I got this cute MAGA onesie. Like, right. Oh, and then we could be like, wait. Wait, hang on. Hang on. Did you say, did you say Mamba? Like <laughs> Kobe? What'd you say? Right. I didn't right. hear you clearly. I didn't hear exactly. you clearly. Exactly. And I think about, you know, something else that happened that, um, led to to me participating in a difficult conversation with a group of people um i was participating in a like a ask me anything there's mm-hmm. like a, a program that i was doing over the summer and i had a ask me anything session with a investor that just launched like some type of venture capital fund right and this investor he's a white man and he he gets on and one of the questions that was asked was hey what's your fund doing to um support or encourage um black entrepreneurs or like female founders like minority founders and to me in this this climate that we're in you should have like at a minimum a boilerplate response on how right. to address that. You need to have the stats. Or yeah, right? yeah, something, something prepared, right? And that you just spit off the top of your head. Oh, but no, 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 no. What did he do? What did he, he say? Listen, he said a couple of things. First, he said, "Oh, uh, well, you know, I I donated to Black Lives Matter. I uh, I helped some homeless people in San Diego." And, uh, you know, I really don't see color. So a, a good deal is a good deal. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I don't know any intelligent African-Americans. So if you guys know of any, send them my way. Stop it. You just stop it. And it was just very casually said and just an air of nonchalance that he said it with, where it was just like, hey, this isn't a me problem. I don't know any smart black people. So it ain't enough you, of y'all out there. It, what are you asking me to do something about this for? And it was just like, ooh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> so, you know, I I logged off, my homegirl was on, she called me immediately. And we, you know, traded notes to make sure we this wasn't a figment of our imaginations. 
and um, we immediately, well, she immediately wrote to the program directors, like, what the hell was that? You know, why didn't anybody say anything that was highly inappropriate and uncalled for? And, you know, the initial response from the, one of the program directors was, oh, uh, who are, who's a white woman. And, oh, you know, yeah, I was just talking to about, you know, this with another one of the coaches. Um, I, I am struggling with how to speak up when it comes, when it comes to people that are in high esteem or something like that. And Some I was just them like, power dynamics. dynamics, right? And so that's where that comes in, right? Because this person was asked to do an AMA. He's put on a pedestal at some point. And you know what happens when we put people on pedestals that you can't hold them accountable, apparently. And, um, and that's pretty much what she flat out said. It wasn't even an insinuation. Like she flat out said that. Um, and so that led to like the head program director, who's a, a white man is, you know, uh, sending out a statement that he was sorry that that happened. Um, but me and my homegirl followed up and said, you know, what are you guys going to do about this? Like you acknowledging it is cool, but who is going to have a conversation with this person about what he said and hold him accountable? Um, so that conversation did happen between the program director and the, the person that was um, the subject of the AMA. And the guy that said all those crazy ass comments, he was like, oh my gosh, I'm very sorry. I didn't even realize what I said. And we're just like, that makes it even worse. That makes it even worse. And additionally, him apologizing to you or through you is just not going to cut it. Like it's not gonna cut it. There, were, there was over almost 40 people on that call and, you know, the two of us, me and my homegirl were more than likely, I'm 99% sure, the only black people, wow. black identifying pe persons of color on that call. There was a little bit of, you know, there were some Asian folks, some Hispanic folks, but we were the only black people right. on that call. They wanted to speak up. And, you know, in saying that and in that conversation with the program director, because it was done on Zoom and he just looked really uncomfortable, like that now he has to like go follow up and figure something else out. Um, and we're like, look, we're not gonna sit here and come up with a prescriptive list of what this man has to do. He needs to come forth with a solution or some type of action that matches the absurdity of his comments. What's interesting too, though, is that there are other people that you are mentioning in this story, this example, that don't have the experience in having difficult conversations. Mm, uh, Sometimes. Pause. pause. Not true. Wait, That's hold on. <laughs> but I'm saying difficult conversations where I am a white person and I have 
to now have a conversation with somebody in power who's also about a problem that black people are mm. that I don't see as a problem. Okay. It's difficult to have a conversation about something, one, you don't feel comfortable talking about, right? But that you also may even disagree with. You know, you may not even feel like this apology is necessary. necessary. Mm. If you have that conversation is like, uh, so they're back at it again. Right. No, that's very true. Cause I thought you were going to go in a different direction because what I was going to say about these people in particular is that their whole program and structure is based off of challenging people and holding them accountable and digging into their ideas. Their whole philosophy is based off of like uh, something called radical candor to be very blunt and direct with folks about, um, you know, their thought process and, you know, whatever, whatever startup venture there. So what is this a class on privilege? Like, is this a class on like, because I feel like in a part of that is what white privilege is about, right? Mm -hmm. Radical candor where you can just go around and say things like, well, I don't know any intelligent black people. Mm -hmm. So you were aware, he was aware of what he said. He wasn't aware that that would have the impact right? Right. He didn't think that would happen, but he was authentic in what he was saying, because that's radical candor. You're saying that you don't know any, probably you don't even know any black people. Like Right. And he should have just followed up with that. Like, oh, you know, yeah, you I, know don't what, even I don't know really know that many, many black, black people. people or I know two black people or I have two right. black friends. And or something I'm becoming aware of is that I don't have a diverse circle. Right. right. Whatever. And this is why this conversation with you all in this forum is great because then we can mm-hmm. my business and blah, 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 blah. But you're not talking like that. That rap gender no. is white. Because if you don't know any intelligent black people, then you don't know any black, black people. people. Yeah. That yeah. is the statement. That, that is he, the statement. He may not even know any black people. Not that he may not even not any know any intelligent black, black people. people. Right. Right. Because he may know some black people and if you know some black people you know some intelligent black people right he's making assumptions like any any type of black person that he knows it's not in any in any position that he deems credible right correct correct and it's it's a it's it's just a real shame like it's Well, we run from these conversations, that's for sure, right? So I think it's checking in. What's the intention, right? We talk about that, you know, what's that energy? And do I need to run to it, right? Do I really need to speak up on this, right? Am I speaking up or am I speaking out? Out. No, and I feel like that may be a difference there, right? Because I'm speaking out is my opinion, you know, whatever. But if I'm speaking up, there's some value. There's some, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm putting that together with this difficult conversation. Um, because what you just shared about the AMA, right, the Ask Me Anything, that was speaking up. That wasn't right. saying, hey, we didn't like it. We didn't like it. And this is why we didn't like it. This is why it wasn't appropriate. And this, we need a response. So we need him to apologize for it, right? Yeah. Other like, ways than just delivering a message through, through you. Somebody, like, like, come on, like in any other... Where's your rat? Where, where, there, yeah, right? exactly. It goes out the window. Like any other kind of situation, oh. you would want to apologize directly to the person that you offended. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be like, oh, Dex, you know, tell Lindsay I said I'm sorry. 
Right. Like, no. Yeah. I, I had somebody do that. I had somebody, I invited them over for a birthday dinner. Uh-huh. And I had my cousin with me. And they text my cousin at 10 o'clock at night. Mind you, this gathering was like at 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Text my cousin at 10 o'clock at night to say, tell Lindsay I won't be able to make it because I didn't feel good. So why couldn't they text you directly? Why couldn't you? But I had the difficult conversation. I said, you know, I want to let you know that I felt very slighted on what happened on my birthday. Were you really sick? What prevented you from contacting me? And I love this person for saying, I wasn't courageous enough to call you myself. I could take that. Hmm. I could take that. You Hmm. didn't have the courage. Okay, so you punk. Hmm do it all right i get it i can take that because there's this accountability and he's holding himself accountable by saying i didn't have the courage to call you myself to tell you that i couldn't make it over for your birthday so i behind the message of somebody else i hid right i hid behind someone yeah yeah Mm -hmm. respect that then i don't know what you're talking about oh i couldn't Mm -hmm. find your number oh it was the first message it's all bs all that bs stuff is like i lose respect for people when they start doing that when it comes to that you know so i think in those difficult conversations you got to be honest you got to be you know um and not to take things personally man we got a lot of that going Mm -hmm. on take it personal how dare they do that to me right and i think i think that sets up a lot like with my my homegirl like she feels personally slighted She's so, and it's like, hey, I knew this person. How could I? Maybe it's personal to her. Like, dad, how could I have made this person my friend and not know no. what she Right. Her and so she's are? she's feeling, right, she's beating herself up. And like, how mm, could sound I? Sound like T need to have a difficult conversation with T. Like, how, how did I allow this person to get close to me when they believe X, Y, and Z? Well, what was going on with me that I wasn't curious enough about who they really were? or what their views are, or why didn't I assess what I know to be important and then check in with those people to see if it was important to them too. Mm-hmm. What am I sacrificing to make friends? Right, right. Mm. Yeah. There's always that moment to self-reflect, you know? So that's when it's like, who are you going after? You going after this girl about the ones or you really need to be going after yourself to say, what boundaries did I not, or did I put in place, or what did I sacrifice? while making this friend? Was I so Mm -hmm. for a friend because I was pregnant and felt alone that I didn't even ask the important questions or, and I don't know T I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No questions that we have to be courageous enough to ask ourselves. Yeah, no, I think there, there is going to be a huge component of self-reflection and and that's, that's what we're saying. Like the self-reflection comes in in all these these forms that we were saying, assessing your en- energy, right? You're checking in with yourself. Assessing Correct. your intention. You're checking in with yourself. Um, how do you anticipate maintaining respect throughout the conversation? Checking in with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then finally, like, okay, well, if A happens, what you what you going to do with that? And right, so B those happens, outcomes, right? Yeah, those outcomes. Like, what actions are you aligning with the outcomes? And obviously, yes. It can be a gray area and there could be a lot of nuance. So I'm not suggesting you sit here and, and try to contemplate all of the outcomes, but just have a game plan in terms of what you're going to do with the information. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, those are really key things to keep in mind. So it sounds like some, some, some tips we might've just gave though. Yeah, I think so. I think that's just what, what that is. Um, 
yeah, we share some tips through this difficult conversation. <laughs> this is this conversation about difficult conversations. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, nonetheless, I think with those great tips is, is have the conversation. Right. Don't shy, don't shy away from these things because, you know, you're, you're on, you're following some ancient rule of not talking about these, these, these subjects, the politics, the religion, the whatever else. It's just put it on the table and, um, and, and navigate the conversation at a minimum using the tips that we just, we just shared and, and, and see how it's going to go. Cause the thing about it is, you know what, Lindsay, this takes practice. Like a no conversation is going to be the same. Right. Right. Again, because the dynamics and everything is just so different. We, mm-hmm. So you just got to go with it. Just got to go with the conversation. You're right. It does take practice. You can't just think you're going to have one difficult conversation and you're a pro. Yeah. Like I'm a master. People apparently of these like, radical hey. conversations or radical candor, they need some practice still. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because it's a subject matter. Like you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a subject matter that they're not familiar with. with. Yeah. Or and they're not right. experts in. So they could do the radical candor all day. About a bunch of other Customer stuff. Service, all all this other stuff. They can give it to you quick, quick hits and not even thinking Correct. about it. Correct. But diversity or accountability or equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Not ready to handle that. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to practice with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear from people though, you know, about what kind of difficult conversations you're having out there. Uh, what do you feel are the driving forces behind our difficult conversations? Um, share a difficult conversation with us. What'd you talk about? How yeah. Did- How did it end up? Like, what was the outcome? Mm-hmm. We want to know. I'm curious. I, I really do want to know y'all. <laughs> <laughs> For real though. <laughs> and I mean, too, what do you think T should do? Mm-hmm. Yes. What so- do you think T should do? Mm-hmm. Like if you were in her shoes, what would you do? Mm, I like that. Like John Kenyon is, what would you do? What would you do? Oh, that show. I love that show. Yeah, I love that show too. Um, Okay, guys. Well, you know what? We're going to head into tea time. The tea is for talk it out. Talk about it. Don't run away from the difficult conversation. And the E is for energy. I think we we spent a lot of time talking about energy and and where you're coming from. And um, also, like I think going hand in hand with that is the intention. Like, what are you, what are you trying to get out of this? So assess your energy uh, before you start tackling a difficult conversation. And A is really aligning your actions with the outcomes. So if you want this conversation to go well, be mindful of your tone, be in check with what your energy is, be aware of what your body language is communicating. So making sure that your actions really are in alignment with what you hope the outcome will be. It's not a guarantee, but what the hope will be. So we hope we left you a lot to sip on with this episode today and uh, be well and thank you guys so much for listening and 
if you don't already follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you know you can do that, right? And our handle is N-E-C-E-S-S-I-T podcast. Bye-bye.